Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden, and joined, as always, by Ovi Mahaley, who is back from the West Coast. He's, he's waking up with the, uh, the early birds now as the, the early birds are getting ready to kick off the season. Ovi Mahaley, what's up, man? What's up, Willie? Uh, it is good to be back in Atlanta. It's good to be back on the East Coast. I don't know how the West Coast people did it. Uh, I watched the, you know, we'll talk about this later, the Tampa Cowboys game. It was like, what, 5 o'clock? It, was, <laughs> it wasn't even no, nighttime that's awesome. yet. And that's I was just so like, what is, what is going on? I can't, can't deal with these football games and non-football times, but no, it's good to be back <laughs> on the East Coast. But you get a hard out at the end of the workday. You're like, I can't. I got money on this game. Uh, I, I've got to, I'm sorry, I've got to get over to TGI Fridays. You know, well, what's up? <laughs> I, we got, I got the gang. We're, we're all hanging out. We're watching some Bucks, uh, <laughs> Cowboys. Bucks Cowboys. Um, true, but, true. <laughs> but we will, we will be talking about the, uh, the Falcons Eagles week one matchup. Of course today, you know, not, not a ton to really talk about because we don't know anything about these two teams. Um, but the most important thing is that, Actual, real, meaningful football is back. And as we saw on Thursday, it can be pretty damn good. Oh it can be gosh. really good. I, yeah. There's nothing like it. You know what it is? I think the preseason lulled everyone to death. Uh, it, it was such a, I don't know, maybe just because it was three games and because people were going the whole, we're not yeah. playing our starters role, like not just And I Falcons, think that 2020, like, I think COVID yeah. played into, it was like we haven't seen a, a like a stressful, tense football game in front of stressful tense people yeah. in a long time. And yep. it was, it was a great reminder of just yeah. how impactful the sports world can be. Football's kind of awesome. So it, I, I think that this regular season is going to be one of the best, just because like you mentioned, having all the fans back and having all the teams, you know, be ready to go and having 17 games this year, yep. you know, not that anyone's going to pace themselves, but I, I just can't wait for real football and real games that actually count to be played. I'm I'm just ready to kind of live and die on each week. You know, you you like hit that point as a kid. You're kind of everything's amazing. Every game that you've seen that's a good game is like the best game you've ever seen. All of yep. that stuff, like the good play, like Ladanian Tomlinson is a like a football hero to me because I was just at that age when he was when I was turning on Sports Center and seeing him throw for a touchdown, run for a touchdown, and catch a touchdown in the same game for the first time in NFL history. And I was like, yep. this man is Zeus. Like, Amazing. What is happening? It, I'm just ready to do that all over again this season because it's, it, you know, last season was so dumb and and bad for so many reasons, like not the product on the field, but just it it's not sports. You know, it wasn't the gladiators in the arena with the arena full of people waiting for that thumbs up or thumbs down. And so <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just all in on this season, but, but we will get to all of that uh, in today's episode real quick. Let's take a, a break uh, to hear from today's sponsor. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the new season. As always, bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means that if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and you lose, your wager will be refunded. Up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Exciting news! Our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. 
Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. All right, Ovi, let's talk about this weekend's matchup. The Atlanta Falcons will host the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Notably, I, I think the, the last time they had a coaching change, they welcomed the Eagles uh, as well. There was a Monday Night Football game, I think, Chip Kelly uh, uh, with, as the Eagles head coach there, and Dan Quinn, 2015, first time taking over for the Falcons. They won that game. Kind of a different scenario here, you know, two, two first-time head coaches, Nick Siriano taking over for the Eagles, and Arthur Smith now with the Falcons. Um, what, is this a good... First matchup for Atlanta. I mean, it, they're not not opening up against the Buccaneers, right? I mean, I like this. Yes. This is it's yeah. a pretty good scenario to be in. Uh, it's it's a, a really good scenario to be in because the Eagles are beatable. Not only are they a part of the NFC least, and you know the, the I think well, they have they have the worst <laughs> preseason record. Not that preseason records matter, or the Falcons could talk about that. But I'm like the Falcons have to have the worst yeah, preseason. They're zero three. But the <laughs> We're NFC all tied. East, like as a whole, I think they had won one game in between all four teams. Like they were just really, really bad. And again, preseason doesn't matter, but it's kind of their mo. We can beat the Eagles. Like it's a very winnable game. And um, I think this is going to be perfect for one of our strengths and can be, you know, not, not so great for one of our weaknesses. Uh, when it comes to putting all of our superstars out on the field, Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley and, you know, our, our big time new rookie uh, getting Russell Gage out there, we're going to be playing against a really bad defensive uh, backfield. Uh, the DBs and their pass defense is tailor made for us to kind of just show off how amazing Kyle Pitts is. So Kyle Pitts should be salivating. Uh, the offensive coordinator and Arthur Smith should be really excited about what they can do in the air. I think this can really be a, a great coming out party for our, our offense, at least our, our passing game. And uh, on the other side, kind of terrified to see what our offensive line is going to do <laughs> with Fletcher freaking Cox, who he, uh, was it, Vita Noah, Vita uh, Ray, what was it, the defense? Vita Vea. Vita Vea, there. Vita Vea kind of just made a bunch of D tackles so money. Good. He made a bunch of money for a bunch of D tackles on a primetime game. It wasn't Monday Night Football, but being the first game of a season starved for football, everyone and their mom was watching, you know, Tom Brady last night. And all everyone was talking about, he was trending, was that defensive tackle making grown men, 300-pound men, look like yep. children. So uh, I think now everyone's watching to see, gosh, are there any other D tackles that can make grown men look like children? And Fletcher Cox has been able to do that. Not like Vita, but he's been able to do that, getting to the quarterback and just being a disruptor. And we have a, a, a very young Jalen Mayfield, a very uh, you know young offensive line, and, and a new one that they kind of went through a, a little bit in preseason, but they're going to have a real trial by fire this offseason, I mean, this uh, um, first game. So it'll be interesting to see how we – respond on the offensive side yeah i mean i i definitely think it's yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird issue if you're looking at this game as a whole because like you said i i really like it for atlanta's atlanta's strength on offense is passing right and i love this matchup for atlanta's passing offense so if you're going to play to your strengths boom there it is like that's awesome yep but atlanta's biggest weakness on offense is probably <laughs> their offensive line but especially yep. the interior of that offensive line where you've got two new starters in Jalen Mayfield and then your center Matt Hennessy and so it, it, a lot of this I, weirdly I'm going to kind of go into this game as a referendum on Chris Lindstrom a little bit because you've got such a glaring weakness at one of your guard positions yeah weak weakness as far as we haven't seen it yet so I'm using weakness probably a little unfairly there um, and I don't mean to or malign uh, Jalen Mayfield in any way, shape, or form, but we just haven't seen it. So it's a, it's a new thing. If you've got your kind of Pro Bowl defensive tackle, you're putting him against the rookie. That's just what you do. All day. Unless you think Chris Lindstrom's not good. 
So if they <laughs> truly do put Fletcher Cox on Jalen Mayfield all day, then then to me, that's going to solidify what I already believe is that Chris Lindstrom is a good guard and teams like their chances elsewhere with this offense. Um, so 100%, that is what uh, we should be looking for. But let's flip it around a little bit. Is this a good matchup for Atlanta's defense out of the gate, or is this a bad matchup for Atlanta's defense out of the gate? Well, I think it's a um, kind of kind of same thing. Like we want to see if Dante Fowler can be the disruptor that we've been begging for for years <laughs> and years since I was playing. Like we had John Abraham when Abraham yep. left. Like that was it. Like we we just you know we <laughs> we we went through a couple of uh, uh, rough patches. We try to get defensive uh, um, uh, ends that could be some some big names. I remember Jamal uh, Jamal uh, Anderson. Jamal Anderson, yep. and he's a great guy. I saw him the other day golf with him. But you know, <laughs> even he knows that you know he came in to be a certain thing, and that thing didn't quite turn out for him. And yeah, you know, it, it just wasn't a uh, a match made in heaven with uh, his role in the Falcons, and that we couldn't find that. And I don't think we we still haven't found that. So if they are going yeah. to get a hot start. This is a team to do it against because Jalen may, uh, I mean, uh, not Jalen Mayfield, um, uh, the quarterback for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. They were sacked. He was sacked. He was hurried more than any other quarterback, I think, in the NFL last year. He was on the ground. He was always pressured. We can get to him. The offensive line is pretty much the same group. We can get to these guys. And as long, unless they got a lot better over the, the offseason, uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for us to show what we can do on the defensive line. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so. Their their best their best offensive lineman, uh, right tackle Lane Johnson, who is is getting older. Jason Kelsey, their center, also getting older. Uh, notably, the brother of tight end Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs. Their left tackle uh, is is young. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's had a really good camp. Has kind of won that job. Some early predictions for a Pro Bowl type of season. Um, so it looks like they're they're kind of good on the edges, maybe of their offensive line. So 100%, the pass rush will be uh, important to see, like you said. Um, but I, I I absolutely agree. I mean, it's time to see can Dante Fowler be a number one pass rusher, which is what I think you were alluding to with Jamal Anderson, where he's a really good number two in Minnesota. Yeah. But you've got to be able to be the one getting all the attention and still making the plays. It's why we know Grady Jarrett is good. It's yep. why we know Grady Jarrett's amazing. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> because he yes. gets all he's the attention. Double he team, beats, triple team. Yeah. He whoops ass. Yep. Like, he's so good with three guys paying attention to him. And he gets in the backfield. So, the Falcons already have that one guy. And it, so, it doesn't even necessarily need to be Dante Fowler. But it's a little bit different when you're coming off the edge. And can Dante Fowler be that guy in a DNP system? And they're going to I saw a graphic today on Twitter where it was it was fantasy football. So it doesn't mean literally anything, but it was kind of like the the best pickups for week one defensively based on expected pressure rate and opponent um, score predictions. And the Falcons were slotted as the best expected pressure rate defense and among the best with the like expected point total which probably says more about the eagles than it does the falcons but yeah but the pressure rate at least speaks to the falcons and it, it signifies that at least people think this defense can get some pressure on on jalen hurts and and like you mentioned you know and he's very inexperienced he's really a starter for kind of the first time he played four games last year he did well i mean he's he's a good runner which is kind of what i brought why i brought that up in the first place is we've seen this defense have problems with playing in space, making plays in space, but that was under Dan Quinn. So with Dean Pease really maybe trying to assert his game plan on another offense, we'll see uh, how that all plays out. But there are some weapons here for Philadelphia. I mean, they, they, they drafted Devonte Smith. I'm, I'm really curious and we can probably talk about him a little bit later. Maybe talk about him in comparison to, to Calvin Ridley both former Alabama receivers, kind of similar players. Um, but let's go back to, to the Eagles defensive line um, because Josh Schlett 
is another player who is getting rave reviews out of training camp so far, a young defensive end and just a great defensive line for this Eagles team. It's kind of what helped them win a Super Bowl a, a few years ago. I mean, how do we feel about Atlanta's offensive line going into this matchup? Um, I, I feel that when it comes to keeping Matt Ryan healthy, we're, we, we have the ability to do so if we have the ability to change uh, coaching-wise. I think this is a big coaching thing uh, when it comes to keeping Matt Ryan healthy to, to battle a defensive line that is going to be one of the better ones out there or has some, some stars out there. It's going to you know deal with communication because the defensive line, what they've done in the past, in, in years past, is that they show a couple blitzes. They have guys going in and out the A-gap. They have you know, their safeties rotating. So they, a lot of movement. And with the young offensive line we have, it's going to be the fil- well, film watching is going to be rough always in the first game because you don't know what they're going to give you. <laughs> but yeah. if you still play your game and you all are in step, that's the thing about offensive line. You can't live in a bubble. You can't live on an island. You have to be in tune with what your your guards and tackles and your brothers are to the left and right of you what they're doing. So I think yep. we have the ability to manage it just because I feel like the – the way the coaches have come about, and we'll see if I'm right. We'll see if we're, if we're all right. But we feel like this is a better coaching staff. This has to be a better coaching staff. And so they are <laughs> coaching these guys to play smarter. Uh, you can only work out so much. You can only you know get so much faster. But if you get your technique down and if you kind of grow your football IQ, you, you, you bring up your not only emotional intelligence, but just – your football intelligence, you can get a lot better as a team. And that's what I think fans are, are banking on with this uh, new regime. Uh, we, we all kind of don't know what to expect because it was a very vanilla um, preseason. And Arthur Smith told us he was going to do that. Dean Pease showed us a little more than, yep. than the offense did. But now it's uh, it's on, baby. Yeah, we're going to see what um, <laughs> coaches can bring. And we're going to see if they've actually – not just giving us some some cool, fun plays to look at, but they've been able to actually grow this team um, as a whole. Yeah, and I, I think that it's something that I brought up right after the coaching changes, but I think this speaks a lot to your point, is I love the fact that both Dwayne Ledford, who is the offensive line coach for the Falcons, and Desmond Kitchings, who is the running backs coach for the Falcons, both were on the same staff in South Carolina for a couple of years. And that's so important to have those two position coaches on the same page and in lockstep because, all right, we're running a gap scheme. What gap is it going to? How are we blocking it specifically? What is the track the running back takes? Okay. It's a wide zone scheme. Where are we looking for that cutback angle? What, what kind what are we looking at it with the right guard? Is that who we're kind of expecting to run behind? Is he our guy who's in the zone this week, you know, really playing well? Are we trying to stretch it all the way out? Cause we think our tackle can seal off that edge, we can get to the sideline and turn the corner. All of that needs to be part of the discussion going into the to the game plan throughout the week. So I love that these guys have kind of a shorthand already, having worked on the same staff before. Um, so I, I think that your point about coaching is going to be huge because, you know, that's really what it's all about for the Falcons this season, right? Yeah. Is we're looking at the coaching staff arguably more than we are the roster. Yep. <laughs> like, uh, for the future of this team, that's what matters. Um, so, but, you know, there is one guy on the roster who matters a little bit, and that's Kyle Pitts. What do you yeah. think we're saying about Kyle Pitts uh, Sunday evening? Oh, man, I, I can't I can't wait to have a Kyle Pitts overreaction uh, special because everyone <laughs> in, the, in the mama is watching Kyle Pitts. And, uh, Hashtag Kyle <laughs> Pitts is here party. Yes, it, it's uh, – <laughs> We're in the world of there is no ease into the NFL season, yeah. or NFL career for these young guys because so many. Matt Ryan players, ended that. Matt Ryan I mean, put an end to that in 2008. He, did. he, did. he, he put an end to that. And so many other quarterbacks from the Patrick Mahomes of the world have put an end to, oh, well, well he has to give a couple years and maybe year three mm-hmm. he'll really blossom. No, no, no. These guys are out here making impacts year one, you know, game one, two, and three. So if Kyle Pitts, God forbid, drops a couple of balls or doesn't make a move, doesn't have a great <laughs> stiff arm or score three touchdowns, it is going to be a failure to the majority of, uh, you know, near-sighted Falcons fans. But, 
you know, this game is going to be um, just Kyle Pitts kind of showing the world who he is. Uh, Julio Jones made it hard for Kyle Pitts to ease into it because Julio came out and I was there. This is one of the times where I can kind of, you know, let the fans peek behind the curtain. Uh, Julio came in. He had all the, uh, you know, hoopla that Kyle Pitts has. And we knew in practice, oh, my God, this guy is the real deal. But you're like, all right, can you do when the lights are on? And from, yeah. the, from the, the confidence, the swagger, the just the dominance in practice, it wasn't like it was close. He was dominating veteran players who had been in the league for years. We're like, oh, it's going to be on. On Sunday, it's <laughs> going to be no problem for him to go against these guys because some you know, these players were not as good as the uh, defensive players he was practicing against. I think Kyle Pitts, same thing. Um, he's going to have a, a pretty easy transition to the NFL because – of his size, of his mentality from, I haven't spoken to Kyle Pitts, but from all um, reports, he's a mature young man who yeah. understands who he is and who he can be. He has several uh, NFL mentors who've re- reached out to him, like some greats. I- I've heard some, some gold jackets that have already, you know, kind of given him some advice. And when you have that uh, humility, which Kyle seems to have to where you're, you're able to listen, you, you know, that it's a, it's a, balance act you have to think that i'm the shit like i am the best thing smoking but at the same time i'm willing to listen to somebody who's the best to ever do it at any position if they can give me pointers on preparation or game time mentality or execution or you know or anything that can get my game to the next level and and kyle has has all that so it's going to be very very hard for him to fail i think he's gonna have a great game i think we're gonna be talking about you know, a, a multiple touchdown game for Kyle Pitts. They're they're going to um, you know be on Calvin Ridley because Calvin's obviously number one. They're not quite sure how good Kyle Pitts is. They're not going to double him uh, first game, so this could be the best game for him to go out there and kind of surprise people, get a get a jump on people uh, who aren't quite sure how good he is yet. Yeah, I mean, there, there's like a personal philosophy that I have where it's it's the difference between confidence and cockiness, and confidence is believing that you are good enough to overcome any challenge in front of you. But cockiness is believing that no challenge is like worthy of your talents, right? That you're above everything. And I think Kyle Pitts is confident, right? It's, I know I'm good, but I also understand other people are good. And that there are, there have been so many good players throughout this league's history. I'm going to listen to them. Why wouldn't I, you know, sure. I'm good, but they are also good in their own unique ways. And, and that's kind of like the best of all of us, you know, are those types of people who are are good but not blinded by their own abilities to the outside world. Um, and so, I mean, I, I'm really excited to see what Kyle Pitts is is able to do, um, everything that he's able to accomplish. I really like the fact that he went to that tight end university and was able to learn from so many of those uh Great tight ends uh, of the past, like a Travis Kelsey, who I believe kind of put it on Rob Gronkowski, all of those type of players. So I like the fact that Kyle Pitts has been able to work with a lot of the guys who have been really good in this league. You know, everybody's comparing him to Mike Dick has set the rookie record for tight ends um, with, I think, just under a thousand yards. But Travis Kelsey's really the gold standard of yeah. this league right now at that position. And he's the he's- one that put together this camp. And guys like Zach Ertz, who, you know, will be playing on Sunday and is really good tight end in his own right. People like that were at that camp. I think it's awesome that Kyle Pitts got that exposure. So I'm incredibly high on this young man as well. And and it seems like he really does have a great head on his shoulders and is the thing we always loved about Julio, right? Was that yep. he was pretty low key, you know, just just a chill, chill guy and Incredibly competitive. He cared more about his Kia dealership that he opened in in Alabama than he did about, you know, breaking Randy Moss's or, or Jerry Rice's record to the fastest to get to forty thousand yards in his career. Like he, he was just really chill, and it seems like Kyle Pitts yeah. is the same way. Yeah, I, I'm so glad. And you know, there are guys like this, and they're, they're cool too. But you know, <laughs> I personally, because people who know the guy I'm at, I'm not. You know, you're. You know. Uh, Five hundred thousand dollars of ice and bling, and you know, driving up in yeah. you know the the Bugatti, Maserati, and you know, 
got an entourage of you know eighty people. That was never the fullback. That was Ovi Mahaley with the Falcons. <laughs> that, that just wasn't me. You know, that's not Julio either. Even though Julio can afford the Bugatti and you know afford the the diamonds, but yeah, he's just a, a chill, you know, regular come to work type dude. Not you know a To theatrical or Chad Johnson or want to be in front of the the cameras all the time and you know talk trash to other people. That's not who Julio is was or is. And I, I don't think, you know, that's who Kyle Pitts is. Um, we had a defensive back my uh, second year with the Falcons. Uh, I think his name was Jimmy something. Uh, he only lasts like you know a couple of months. And then they, they got rid of him midseason. But I remember like it was yesterday. I was like, is he walking in here for training camp at 6 a.m. with diamonds on his neck? Like, <laughs> Like who gets up in the morning, puts on like pounds of diamonds just to walk into the, the locker room and take it immediately off, hoping people will see you because you want yeah. to stunt like that. It, it was just it was just so much just talking about his girls, talking about his cars like you can you know, see wearing the same clothes he wore yesterday. I was like, what are you doing? Like guys like that who don't take the league seriously, guys like that who don't appreciate this opportunity, guys like that who who worked their whole lives to get here right. just to piss the way off some, off some bullshit. Like, yeah. it, it makes no sense to me. And, you know, we don't have to worry about that with Kyle Pitts. He doesn't need a, a handler. I remember we used to talk about, and my, my wife, she worked with the uh, Oakland Raiders for a while and said that for a couple of times, like, you know, she, she's community, community relations, but she'd have to, like, be the handler for some of these guys. Like, she, she was a female friend with some of these guys to go out to the clubs, make sure certain guys didn't drink and drive, take certain guys' keys away. You know, make sure that, that, you know, they didn't get bamboozled by uh, mm-hmm. just the world eaten alive by all these predators who want to do business with them or want to take advantage of them. Uh, Cal Pitt seems like he's a knowledgeable, common sense, let's play football type of guy, which is such a blessing for the Falcons. You know, they, they, they don't want any type of uh, trouble or bad attention, and they're not going to get that from Kyle. Kyle's ready to play ball. Yeah, no, 100%. And I, I mean, I, I read an awesome story about how he um, wasn't uh, like even a top tight end prospect I mean, in high school. I, I, he was really just started transitioning over to that position pretty early on. Which, and, but it's it's even kind of beside what position he plays. He's just a physically like such yeah. a talented Rest- human being. Like yes. they, don't, they just don't make him like that. And yeah. I'm um, really, but they don't make him like Julio either. So it's no. like, I, you know, the Falcons really kind of, it reminds me a lot of uh, maybe the Colts going from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Like, obviously not as impactful because if you hit on a quarterback, like that's more meaningful than anything else. But, but just going from a dominant playmaking type of athlete to have where it's, it's different than just he's a good football player. It's, even good football players have trouble matching up against this person because they are built differently than even yeah. good football players. You know, it's just, it's just Kevin Durant. It's LeBron James. It's like, they're just, they Giannis, like they just don't make them like these. And no, that's, you're not that's allowed to be pets. fast and big and have skills and yeah. be agile. You can't have it all. Well, I guess, I guess you can. I mean, like Kyle Pitts <laughs> yeah. and Julio, but like right. the average human being, like, you know, not fair you can't be good at everything and yeah he, he, he kind of is so now all he has to do is put all that together and just play he doesn't have to ex- exceed expectations just play up to his expectations because if he plays at his best he'll be more than good enough and that, that yeah, that's one of the things where it, it took me a while not till i got to my, my maybe second third year with the falcons that i really just relaxed and just play ball play football because yeah. i I knew, you know, when they signed me for eighteen million dollars in six years, and I was the highest paid fullback in NFL history, that I had a lot of expectations. I mean, I wanted to go to the Pro Bowl that year, but that was outside of my control with Bobby Petrino and you know, the Mike Vick situation <laughs> right. and all that stuff. But you know, the second year we were rolling, and mm-hmm. I, I just had to just be comfortable in who I was, know that my preparation was good enough, my workout was good enough, and I didn't have to try to to overdo it. You know, you have certain quarterbacks come in and they throw interceptions because they wanted to force things in. They want to kind of just overdo it and take over it. Just play your game. If Kyle Pitts just plays his game, that's going to be more than good enough for us to, to, you know, win on the offensive side. So I look forward to him, you know, getting comfortable. It's not 
easy thing to do, but getting comfortable in who he is and who he is as a, you know, an all-star professional athlete and just falling. Yeah. Yeah. You don't change who you are, right? Like you're, you're in that sports zone, being comfortable who you are, knowing what you want to do, what you accomplish. When you start letting that outside pressure impact your internal belief system, philosophy, approach, what have you, that's, that's when things can get a little bit messy. But, um, all right. So last thing about this, this game, you know, kind of specifically from an X's and O's standpoint, should Atlanta be considered the better team in this matchup? Uh, I've, I've seen, I've looked at kind of like some of the expert picks, a lot of the, the kind of analysis heading into this particular game. Kind of seems like a lot of people are, are thinking the Falcons could be a dark horse team this year. I know you predicted them, I think, 10 and 7, which would have them in the postseason hunt. I obviously said 7 and 10, so I think I'm a little <laughs> bit uh, more lukewarm on this team. But against the Eagles, are the Falcons the favorite on Sunday? Absolutely. I mean, Vegas thinks so. I think they're like a 3.5 uh, point yep. favorites. Uh, yep. uh, but, uh, you know, Vegas usually not wrong. But but also just the <laughs> eye test. If you look at the... The core that the Falcons have is, I think, better than than what the Eagles have because you kind of know what the Eagles are, are going to do. We have a big X factor in our coaches and with Kyle Pitts and I think the new defensive system that Dean Pease is putting in, we have a huge X factor. Now, uh, if you look at our defensive backs and the fact that we were, you know, one of the worst defenses when it came to giving up the pass last year, we don't look that great, but at the same time, <laughs> uh, neither does the passing offense of the Eagles. So we don't have too much to worry about there. I think they were like, what, 28th in the league, 207.9 yards a game. Yep. So uh, Jalen Hurts is not scaring anybody in the air. Uh, at the same time, we're not stopping anybody in the air. Uh, I, I just hope <laughs> that with A.J. Terrell and hopefully our new revamped defensive backfield, we can show something because they have something to prove. And I don't know how – defensive backs do it but in our running back meeting room we want to be the difference makers in our position group meeting room we want to be the ones that dominate and you can't come in you know game after game you know after a a horrendous year and not go all out to say we're not gonna be the reason we lose this game Mm -hmm. we're not gonna be the the weak uh, link in the chain and I, i just feel like and again i've heard from the reports that are out there these guys are very serious about being a a positive, a strength, not a weakness for not only the defense, but the whole team. So I think the defensive backs are going to be more aggressive. They're going to be tighter. And they have somebody in DPs that's going to put them in a position to win, which is very important. You got to play to the strengths of your players. We didn't have, you know, AJ Terrell is one of those guys, but not everyone is a, is a Pro Bowl uh, uh, DB out there. We have good DBs, NFL DBs, and if they play up to their potential, they can hold. They, they can be an mm-hmm. average to above average defensive backfield, and we're going to see that. So we're, we're definitely the better team, and we have got to take advantage of this because slow starts, that's what the Falcons do. You know, starting <laughs> off slow has been our MO for year after year after year. Now, now last year, you know, I was fine with it because I wanted Dan Quinn to get up out of here. I did not want another average season because if you give an average season to the Falcons, Arthur Blank was going to keep him again. Like I, we would still be with Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov if we had an average season saying, oh, well, uh, it was the pandemic. Oh, well, it was this excuse. Oh, well, it was that excuse. We were looking. Arthur Blank was looking. I don't know what Dimitrov had on him. I don't know what Dan Quinn had on him. I don't know if He's going to, his daughter is marrying his daughter's son, or there's a family uh, uh, link. But you cannot pry Dan Quinn and Dimitrov from Arthur Blank's cold, dead hands. Like he was going to hold <laughs> to those guys as long as he could. So last year, I was perfectly fine with the slow start. I wanted to be a slow start, a slow middle, a slow finish because I knew that we could not Damn. grow unless we moved on. I mean, and it's not to root against your team, but yeah. <laughs> I, I knew that, you know, we weren't going to Super Bowl that year. Right. So don't get hot at the last second. Because I think the, the year before yeah, it last. It was the year before. It was they they we won like the three second. of their last five. And yeah, yeah you built momentum. And, and 
we we were asking him all those questions at, at the year in press conference. Like how what's I, I think I wrote a story like what's more meaningful winning the the or ending the year on a hot streak or getting a better draft spot? Because when they started that year, one in it, six, oh I God. was walking around the building being like, just just lose out. Like what? Yes, there's no benefit here None. to actually winning games at oh. the end of the year. Like you weren't expecting to be here. So let's let's go get Chase Young. You know, yes. like we, you need a pass rusher. There's a, oh my a the, one of the best pass rushers coming out in this draft. Let's go to I was beating that drum. But again, that like you're a former NFL player. While those conversations might be happening in the locker room, you can never say that stuff publicly. You can't do. And I, no. I will say Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, fantastic human beings. I don't think that that's what what we're getting at in any way, shape or form um, in in, you know, wishing them being out of Atlanta, I think you were just saying kind of the, the oh, proof was in the paint at that point. And, and they, 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 there was a, a sense absolutely where if they had ended last year, seven and nine. Yeah. People may have been saying, Hey, well, you know, they won four of their last games. This is the year they turned the coin. And, oh, and I think you're God. right. And Arthur Smith is, I'm very, very high on this new regime. I think Terry Fontenot is a brilliant human being. Um, just having, having been able to speak to that man, I, he's incredibly charismatic, awesome, just great in every way, shape or form. And, and Arthur Smith seems just like a, an old school throwback coach, which is, but also who understands modern day football and, and gets what is happening with people like Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, um, even on the defensive side, Brandon Staley, like just these types of new age minds who get where the game is going, where it's been and how to mesh those two ideas and, and really transcend kind of what's happened. But I really like what you said about the running back room, how you would take it upon yourselves to say, look, it's not going to be us. If, If this game's going the wrong way, it sure as hell will not be because we fumbled the ball at the two yard line or because we, we couldn't break through on that fourth and one or yep. what have you. So channel that energy because I'm very excited about this segment that I would like to continue to do throughout the season. What is the message in the locker room on, on Friday? You finish up your last practice. It's 12 o'clock. You guys get to go home early. You've put in a long week, but the last thing the coach says, Hey guys, get your minds right. Think about this on Saturday because Sunday we got to go out there and do X, Y, and Z. What is that locker room message heading into week one with a new regime and a season that's entirely in front of them? We have no preconceived notions about this squad. Uh, if I was to guess, I'd say it'd be about identity. It'd be about culture. And that's something that I know that Arthur Smith and the whole staff has probably you know, harped on from the second they got there. They wanted to mm-hmm. change the culture. They wanted to change the identity of the team because we had identity of being uh, uh, soft on, on offense and defense. We, I, know, I know players have said that uh, the Falcons for the last couple of years, guys are soft. And I'm not worried about the Falcons. Like, no one scares me. <laughs> like, there's, no, there's no Vita Vea. There's no, yeah. you know, uh, uh, dominant. Even with, you know, uh, with Calvin Ridley, I, you know, he's, he's, he's great, but it, it, we weren't in a position for him just to scare us, you know, that many times we were kind of just throwing Hail Marys and trying to win the game at the last second. We want to go out there and punch him in the mouth. We want to, you know, from the you know, running back uh, squad to everyone else, just out muscle them out, physical them, be, be, be nasty, be, be grimy, not be afraid to make them feel like we're going to throw a punch because we're just a bunch of brawlers. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the type of, of, I think team Arthur Smith came from. So he definitely wants to recreate that here where we're the bully. We're not the ones being pushed around all the time. And with, uh, I know with Mike Malarkey, it, it, to get this that bully role, he always would put it on the O-line and D-line, say it starts with you guys. You know, uh, us, us uh, position players are going to join you at the end, but at the end of the, uh, beginning of the day, and at the end of the day, it starts with the offensive line and defensive line setting that tone. And I was a, a baby offensive lineman, so I got the <laughs> pleasure of being – you know, a tone setter as well. Like I, I think I've told it several times um, about we would start 
the game with the same play. It was always an ISO play. It was always a OB there go, go out there. You have a linebacker. Yeah. Mangle him. Like we're running it down your throat. We're going to part the red team and give you and the Mike linebacker a spotlight of, of, you know, of a show. And so make it happen. And so I thrived on that. And like 99% of the time I won that battle. If I didn't, I I'd keep on going till, till I won it. If he pushed back (laughs) a little bit, if I didn't get a good fit, I would always go to the whistle. Not uh, a couple times, a little past the whistle. whistle, Yeah. you're not gonna call a play you a got foul to. first play. And just so everyone knows that, dang, that guy's crazy. This team is crazy. <laughs> like they come to play. So uh I think that, you know, the, before this game, they're they're really talking about we have a time to, we have a chance to introduce ourselves. What you put on film is what the rest of the league is gonna watch, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh forever. So get them uh, a little bit fearful about playing us. Like just like how Vita again, I keep on going back to him because that film is nothing any gar wants to watch yeah. that's a grown-ass <laughs> man yeah because yeah. yeah. then you're like all right gosh we got a double triple quadruple yeah. team this guy we gotta get rid of the ball you change your whole you know uh, a game yeah. for what you put on film and these guys are gonna put you know the arthur smith atlanta falcons on film for the first time ever after mini camp training camp otas all the practice and the preparation it's all for this moment so I think it's a it's a coming out party that everyone's excited, everyone's you know anticipating, and now all you have left to do is uh, you know play ball. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think that's exactly spot on. It's one of the things that you know Arthur Smith's first press conference talking about identity, what we want to do, we want to hold people accountable, we want to set the standard, all of the you know normal coach speak. But I remember distinctly, so I. I joined the Falcons in 2017. Um, so the year after they went to the Super Bowl, had that run. And I remember a lot of the conversation internally was, it's not about what the other team does. It's about what we do. We yeah. want to focus on us. And I, I think that kind of got off the rails throughout the entire run of the Dan Quinn era in, in probably the most negative way possible, because in a lot of ways, they kind of could never escape their own identity, which was kind of faltering late in games. But yep. at that time, I took it as a sense of confidence as we don't have to worry about what other teams do, because if we play to our standard, if we play our best ball, nobody can stop us. And that's kind of, I think, what you're speaking to, where that's the message you want to impose is when people turn on that film, they say, God damn, I have to go against this guy for 60 yeah. minutes. Like this is I'm not looking forward to this. This is going to be a chore. And, and it it the Falcons had that kind of confidence heading into the 2017 season and they and they played like that for, you know, most of the year and and made the playoffs that year and almost made it back to the Super Bowl um if things had gone differently in in Philly and then the next week, but I I I agree with everything that you're saying. It's all about identity. It's what team are we going to be, not just for ourselves internally in this locker room, but for other teams around the league. You know, when they yeah. see Atlanta on the schedule, what pops into their brain? Is it going to be, well, there's a W, or is it going to be, fuck, <laughs> like, yeah. we got to go play those guys? Um, the, greatest, the greatest thing uh, playing ball uh, with the Falcons was that in the offseason, I'd, I'd meet guys at the Pro Bowl, I'd meet them, you know, in Vegas, I'd see them out, you know, LA or New York, and you always run to other players. And and uh, you know, people would see me like, hey, hey, Ovi, what's up, man? What was it? Uh, this is OCU Mignore. Uh, oh, he's hey, yeah, yeah. And, and he was like, uh, fellow Nigeria. He's like, man, your office line dirty as hell, man. Come on, man. What? <laughs> How crazy? Every time, man, I'll be defense line. Be like, yo, don't 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 mess around with the Falcons, man. Them cats is crazy. Like always growling and snarling, <laughs> trying to hurt people. Y'all trying to hurt people? I said, man, we just go hard. And it felt good that like they 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 you had their they respect. Playing the Falcons yeah. was a game you better you know watch your knees. You better play to the end of the whistle. You yeah. better you know just be aware because it's our a game. guys aren't like, stopping. Yeah, you know and you know yeah they may call it dirty. We I call it football. Like I'm trying to take you out if you're you're looking the wrong way. That now you got to be more careful because there are uh, yeah, really really uh, uh big officiating on the game officiating right. but you know back back in the uh you know 2000 on the swivel man eight, nine, tens, we used to go out at it and it was just uh you know protect yourself 
and you're on the football field, yep, you better yep. protect yourself. Because if not, I'm coming at you. I'm coming at your head. I'm coming at your body. I'm trying to take you out. And because of that, we were able to move the ball pretty much, you know, however we want it on the ground. And that made Matt Ryan's life a lot easier. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I- I'm hoping that we can, again, get the same type of mentality back in Atlanta. Uh, I want other teams to talk about us in a not so nice way because they, they they already know that we're going to come at you with everything we got. And I, I'm just really excited to see what the Falcons can be for, for this team. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I dude, 100% right there with yeah. you. Let's go. Like let's people need to start talking about the Falcons. Like, yeah. man, you know, you know, what's going to be a great matchup in week 15, like, Falcons Saints. Like, let's get back to yeah. that, right? Oh like, my that's God. so much fun. You know, like, let's let's talk about. I remember looking at the schedule last year, and when it was the Bucks Chiefs Bucks, like three. I was like, man, how much fun would it be if the Falcons were good ten and two heading yeah. into that last? Like, oh my God, that would be amazing, yeah. right? And yep. let's just get back to that. So, let's get to our final thoughts and predictions. So we've we've talked a little bit about um, Eagles, a lot about the Falcons, but that's mainly because it's about the Falcons at this point. We don't know anything about the Eagles. We're not nope. going to sit here and bullshit and, and kind of pretend to to know. You know, we we haven't seen the Eagles play. We're not Eagles experts, so we've been talking about mostly the Falcons. But let's do some final predictions. Um, who? Based on this matchup, I, we talked about Kyle Pitts. This might be your answer, but it kind of feels like we haven't talked enough about Calvin Ridley. So maybe this is an opportunity to do that. Who do you think is going to have a big game on Sunday? I mean, Ridley has to. Uh, I mean, we, we are kind of burying the lead. Kyle Pitts took all the uh, energy out the room. <laughs> this is the post Julio Jones era. Yeah, You know, Julio Jones is not walking through that door. He, he's not coming to save the Falcons with a catch over somebody's head, muscling away the football, and then running 50 yards. That's not happening. On a screen um, in the last yeah. quarter of the game, and yeah, the last time yeah. they played the Eagles. <laughs> Julio Jones is not walking through that door, and how are we going to operate without that? I mean, can't Kyle Pitts fill that hole? Because Calvin Ridley is, I think he's a, he's a wide receiver one. It doesn't have yeah. the size or or the uh, just the, the He's the not like an X receiver. No, he, yeah. he he can be a game changer just because of his speed and his uh, big playability, but can he really morph into that number one to where he can be, um, you know, a, a guy we go to time in, time out? Because once he gets double teamed, because with Julio, he wasn't getting double teamed. Granted, Julio didn't play half the games last year, but uh, this is a, a time for him to show that he's worth Julio-type money and, yeah. and he's worth, you know, be paid like one of the best receivers out there and you know even though he sees himself that way i think the other teams in the league respect him but they don't see him as a you know a top five receiver or even a top 10 receiver in the league he's not up there yet he's gonna have to prove that he deserves to be there so i'm looking to see how ridley is able to respond with being not the guy on paper but like the guy indisputably like there's no question he has to be the best receiver on our team so um it, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to that if uh they treat him like that uh, early on yeah yeah and i i know bill belichick i think kind of popularized this but the the notion of you put kind of your second and third best corners on a team's number one if you're going to double them and maybe put your number one corner on a team's number two and like shut down the number two and and then give the number one a hard time um yeah. But what's interesting about Calvin, because like Julio, you could outmuscle if you're Julio, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, if you're Calvin Johnson, if you're that yep. type of you can outmuscle two guys. Yep. Calvin is is one of the best route runners in the league. But if you take away an inside and an outside go, can Calvin react to that? That's what yeah. we need to see. Um, but I do think he's going to have a big game because I don't think the Eagles secondary is very good. Anthony They're Harris. not good at all. <laughs> and, and Calvin Ridley, one of the things that um, was exciting uh, when camp started was that you're like, oh, this guy's put on like five, 10 pounds of muscle. Yeah. Like, his physique from last year has filled out. Well, and he, he was, said last year too, he worked a lot on his leg strength. So like driving in and out of breaks was yeah. his thing that he, when he made a cut, he didn't want to just be able to make the cut quickly. He wanted to 
then accelerate out of the cut. And so he really worked on his leg strike. So this is kind of like two, maybe three straight off seasons. I think his, I think his first off season, it was a lot of the jugs machine. I think he, yeah. he was really working on, on his hands. Um, but this is at least two off seasons where I think he's really worked on building that muscle. So you're onto something there. No, I'm, I'm, I love guys who, who take their job seriously and, and really work on their craft. And it's like uh, putting a, a piece of the puzzle together. He has a couple more pieces till like the puzzle is complete. And he is like, you know, the elite version of Calvin Ridley. So I, I think it's going to be fun to, uh, to watch him and the, the new bodies put together on display for the Falcons. Is there anything that worries you about this game? Um, yes. Um, Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley can't do a damn thing if Matt's <laughs> on his ass. You know, and, and so that that's what worries me uh about this. I uh have seen Matt many years since I retired, you know, I've been almost 10 years now, uh just get harassed and, and get bullied and you know, running yeah. for his life and same way that you stop Tom Brady, you stop Matt Ryan by, by having a defensive line that's you know at his throat. So I, I'm hoping that our offensive line can can hold and that we can give you know Ridley and Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan a chance to do their thing because you know if not, then we're going to lose to a, a team that's not 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 as good as this. Unfortunately, a lot uh, a lot more success against uh, Matt Ryan than than Tom Brady. <laughs> yes, with that, but. Um, I, I completely agree because, again, like the, the strength of this Eagles team, if there is one part of the roster that bears any resemblance to their Super Bowl winning team in uh, 2017, it's the defensive line. Yeah. And it's it's Brandon Graham. It's Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett. It's um, Josh Sweat, as I mentioned before who seems to really be like, I, I read a piece where other players were all kind of naming their training camp standouts and four or five different guys of the 12, I think they pulled all said Josh sweat. And they were like, this dude is, has been having an incredible camp. Um, and, and as I think a third year guy, like that's meaningful. So yeah, if, if, if things go wrong for Atlanta, it's the offense is able to get in no rhythm because they find themselves probably in third and long. And then that defensive line ends up with with three or four sacks in this game. And, and that's that's going to be tough. Um, so what I mean, what are your what are your final predictions? Because I think you and I have been pretty high on Atlanta heading into this yep. matchup. Um, but obviously, we just pointed out uh, a few concerns with particularly the trenches, which I think will be a theme for us throughout the year uh, until the the Falcons kind of prove otherwise, because I don't think this is the most talented uh, trench uh, unit units in, in the league here uh, for, for Atlanta. Um, but what do you think the, the final score will be when all is said and done on Sunday? I think it's going to be uh 28, 21 uh, Falcons. Uh, I think that, you know, Though they have a, a, a amazing defensive line, we're gonna find ways just because of the scheme and the great coaches we have to get the ball out fast. Uh, Matt is gonna get sacked probably you know one or two times just because these new uh, O linemen, uh, far as working together on a four quarter full game basis, it's gonna take them a couple quarters to really get used to you know one of the best uh, pass rushes in the league. So he's he's gonna get sacked. He's gonna brush it off, yell at his office line like he always does. Uh, but then get back to work. I think our defense is going to have a couple of interceptions. Uh, we're going to return one back for a pick six. Oh, uh, I think it's, it's going to be a fun game. I, I really think that this is going to be our, our coming out party. So we're, we're going to win this. It's, it's not going to be a, a blowout. We're going to win by one touchdown. 28-21 uh, is what I'm going with. I'm going to go 34-24. Um, and I, I'm going to say, so in, in doing my research, Jonathan Gannon, um, who is there, I think I'm saying that right, Gannon, um, who is Philly's defense coordinator, um, is new-ish on the job, a, a young dude um, who is, by all accounts, a, a genius kind of football coach. But his defensive philosophy is really based on creating turnovers, which is something I agree with. And, you know, sounds great uh, in, a, in a soundbite. But 
I think it takes some time to really gel as a defensive unit if you're going to be a ball hawking, quote unquote, like defensive unit to really understand when to make those plays, when to time it. And I think all of that really goes wrong for Philly on Sunday. And I think that they try to be aggressive in kind of a, a way that maybe is at their disadvantage. And Atlanta capitalizes on some explosive plays. You know, maybe it's not a Kyle Pitts, but maybe could I interest you in a Hayden Hurst uh, tight end, <laughs> tight end leaky play uh, and, and get yep. him like they did the Cowboys. So something like that. I just think normally I'm a little bit lower. I'm bearish on on the offenses early on just because it does take some time. But because maybe the Eagles defense is trying to be a little too sophisticated, so to speak. It it might bite them uh, in the butt a little bit there, and, and I think Atlanta could could capitalize on some explosives. Um, so cool. We both got the Falcons winning their first game, and yep. I really hope on uh, on Sunday we're not we're not sitting here uh, regretting that decision. Um, so those those are kind of our, our thoughts on Falcons Eagles Falcons we're predicting will win their home opener, which possibly in exciting fashion. If if you think yes. there's going to be a pick six, I think there's going to be a couple of, you know, 40 plus uh, explosive plays in the making for Atlanta. That's going to be awesome. But even if it's a dud, we already got one great football game this week, and that was. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, Falcons rivals, uh, Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay, all that good stuff, beating the Dallas Cowboys, who are now home to Dan Quinn and Keanu Neal and Demonte Casey and Joe Witt Jr. and Auden Durde and all these former Falcons. So, uh, you know, as somebody watching this, there was plenty of intrigue uh, and also Tampa's Atlanta's opponent next week. So what did you see out of that game? Uh, maybe more from a from a Tampa Bay side. Is this going to be like a one of the all time great teams in league history? It is. Uh, I um, love what we're doing at Atlanta, but we can go ahead and chalk up those uh, two Tampa <laughs> games as a loss because yeah. uh, we're, we're not winning those. Tom Brady, they had what three, four turnovers, and they still won the game. They yeah. had like Brady was losing his his shit. Like he was pissed off because they were about to, you know, piss this game away when they were clearly the better team. Clearly the better team. They yeah. were at will just going to whoever they wanted. <laughs> Antonio Brown is back. My God. It, um, it, it, he it, only it, had like five catches, but I felt like he had 400 catches in this game. He, he got his shit together. Like, like <laughs> Antonio Brown uh, was, you know, a little, little bit out there and, you know, had a, a lot of outside distractions, as Chris <laughs> Caldwell said. But um, he has locked back in. I think like, the only way he could do that was with a quarterback like Tom Brady. Tom Brady must have really raided him and said, hey, dude. like, Well, they kept calling him Tom Brady's, like, best friend. Yeah. And I was like, if you're Tom Brady, you're you're calling Chris Collinsworth on Friday and you're just like, we're friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's up. Wait, he has to come over to dinner every night. Like, right. you know, I just because you know, one, one of the things that, you know, we talked about when finding a landing spot from uh, for Antonio Brown when he left, uh, I think it was the Raiders, it was he had to be a, a quarterback that he respected enough to fall in line because yeah. his personality is so big. His ego is so big. He's not bowing to anyone. But he would to Tom Brady, and he yep. will, and he has to Tom Brady. He's he been has. there yeah. for workouts. He's you know run the routes the way Brady wants him to, and he is on board to win another Super Bowl. And you could tell from the first game that even though there were all these other receivers before Antonio Brown got there, like he is the best one. Uh, him and Gronk, it's like Brady's handpicked uh, merry men to go out there and win yeah. another championship. So I, I saw that as a a, a sad day for the NFC South and anyone else with <laughs> the Falcons that actually thought they're going to win this division. It's going to be the same old Tampa Bay uh, run of the table. They're, they're going to be in the Super Bowl again. There's no way that they're not going to with, with the defense they have. Vitavea just alone destroying offensive lines around the league and making, I don't care how good your quarterback is, you can't be good if you're running from a 400-pound monster. And with Tom Brady throwing a Gronk Antonio Brown, they're going to do what they want when they want. And the Cowboys, I, I like the fact that I'm rooting for Dak. I think Dak's an amazing uh, uh, quarterback. I want him to show that, you know, he's he's worth uh, big-time QB money. 
but I think they're regretting giving money to Zeke Elliott because Zeke, maybe it's just a bad game, but he looks like he he well, got they didn't the money. Use him. Uh, he's, he's on cruise. Well, they didn't use him because they, Tampa Bay has an amazing defense. But uh, yeah. when they did use Zeke, I just didn't see the Zeke of old. I, I saw Zeke that was happy that he got that money and was more about the you know the hair and the theatrics and the nose ring and you know the the rookie Zeke <laughs> that was hungry before he got paid. Yeah, I I didn't see, I and mean, maybe it's just because they had an amazing defense. But that game was was fun to watch. I was in Cali watching it with about eight other NFL guys. We were all talking trash, and football uh, w- was back in a big way. I mean, it definitely is a scary proposition for for the NFC as a whole. I mean, I think the only way, like you said, that that Tampa doesn't make the Super Bowl again is if something crazy happens in the playoffs, which can happen. You know, we've we've seen um, we've seen teams go on just crazy runs where you're not necessarily expecting everybody to peak kind of at the right time in in a three game stretch to make the Super Bowl. So it could happen. But if you're looking at reasons to make Tampa even scarier, I mean, like you mentioned, Antonio Brown, if he's clicking and everything's right and they build this chemistry, he's the best receiver on this roster, like far and away, like he's. Mike yeah. Evans is good. Chris Godwin's good. Antonio Brown was in competition with Julio for three or four years as yeah. the best receiver in this league. Yeah. Like, like on pace. forget about that. Yeah. You forget about that because of all the foolishness that he brought to the table. You forget exactly. that he was not just like a guy. He was the guy. Like he the, was the best. Like one of the very best players in like a top five NFL 100 player. And it went away, but it, it's like it's like Randy Moss going to Oakland and then coming back to New England. And it's like, cool, Tom Brady now has the best receiver in the league to throw to. Like yeah. that, that's potentially on the table. Looking at the defense, Vita Vea is in his like third or fourth year. Devin Young. White, third or fourth year. Like these guys could conceivably take jumps. Tristan Wirfs, their right tackle, second year. Like the, this team can get better. And if if anything, I actually kind of like it more than for Dallas because this this game was not like I don't think many people were super high on Dallas because everybody was last year and last year ended up the way that it did for Dallas but with Dak Prescott back in the fold everything is on the table for this team I I do think the defense did create some turnovers which is always what Dan Quinn wants to do Um, and they had the the DeMonte Casey fumble that that they recovered then in the end zone should have kind of won them that game if the defense could have then kind of done their job late and, and shut that thing down. But Dallas has all of the weapons in the world with Amari Cooper and, and Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and all of these guys. And if they can get Zeke kind of going again, yeah, sure. Why can't they win the NFC East? Um, yeah. But it was just a great game, great game overall. Uh, and I'm really hoping as we as we bring this conversation to a close for this episode uh, that the Falcons and Eagles game is is anything close to that. Maybe it won't be. Because, you know, I don't think either of these teams is uh, up to the level of either of those teams. You know, maybe one of them as the year rolls along will be. But as far as week one, it's it's a lot of a lot of change for both Philly and Atlanta. A lot of people getting comfortable for the first time working together, doing all that fun stuff. Um, But who knows? I mean, it, it could be great. Let's let's see what Atlanta's got. If anything else, man, I am just so happy finally see like Kyle Pitts take the field AG Terrell take the field. like we've heard about these guys for up two months now but we haven't seen it none of it yeah. none of it's been out there like show us Joe don't tell we're gonna see it on Sunday I hope Kyle Pitts scores seven touchdowns and, <laughs> and that AJ Terrell has five sacks to go along with three pick sixes and it's just a great day it won't be that obviously but I'm just excited yeah football's back it's ready I'm ready to go let's do it <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, today's episode was presented by Bet Online. Uh, I think so. We're obviously recording this a little bit later than I think we intend to moving forward. Uh, just a busy week. Um, Ovi obviously coming back from the West Coast, but now you're back on the East Coast. So a little bit more uh, structure to this. And yeah, the plan moving forward, I think, is to record following each game and then do another preview like this one heading into the weekend. and break down the upcoming matchup. So 
that's where we stand moving forward. So you'll be able to find us on this feed two times a week. Let everybody know, you know, if you got Falcons fans in their life and they're they're not following along. What are they doing? You know, is this the only place where you could hear about how Julio Jones had that spark from day one when he walked in the locker room and, and why Kyle Pitts may have the same thing or, uh, you know, why why O.C. Yumanyora uh, was so pissed off at the Falcons offensive line that on, on his off time, he had to bring it up to my man. So let him know this is where you can find it. All right. So, Ovi, you got anything else to uh, say before we get out of here? Uh, really, I'm just excited about football, man. This is going to be uh, a great matchup with the Falcons and the Eagles. I think we get a chance to see what we've been uh, excited about all year, which is a new regime, a new team. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, Matt Ryan still has it. So, no, I- I'm just ready for some football, man. Yeah, Matt Ryan does still have it. And this this like because of that, this team has a chance. Football's back. It's going to be great. Thank you, everybody, for taking this off-season journey with us. Can't wait to see you during the regular season uh, twice a week now. And as always, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.